Creatures of the Night, all the Talking Taker fans out there. This is episode three of Talking Taker, the only podcast, as far as we know, exploring <laughs> the career of the dead man. Uh, we are uh, overanalyzing and, and, and diving deep into the career of one wrestler, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the greatest WWE performer of all time. Uh, exploring his career match by match through all his pay-per-view matches over a 27-year career. Uh, my name is Alex Dorio, alongside my tag team partner, Travis White. How you doing, Travis? I'm great, man. How are you today? Good, buddy. Good to see you. And you we're only on the third episode, and man, we're already at The Undertaker's first WWF Championship opportunity, man. Craziness. Crazy. Craziness. I know. It's crazy to look back and see. They had, like we keep saying, they had big plans for him. And you can tell, because right here, third episode, third match in pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Uh, he, I mean, j- just a year before this, he was me, Mark, in WCW. And, hey. and one year later, literally one year later, he's main eventing for the WWF Championship at Survivor Series. And spoiler alert, winning it. Winning his first yeah. WWF Championship too. I mean, how uh, we've seen a few rises like this. Uh, it's not like completely uncommon. I mean, uh, we've seen shorter rises to the top. I think Yokozuna, Brock Lesnar, yeah. Kurt uh, Angle, but Kurt, still Kurt Angle, but still not a very common thing. And those are all pretty legendary uh, names too. We've also seen a guy like Sheamus. He came in and, and got Good the WWE Championship right off the bat. No one's doing a Sheamus podcast. Notice, <laughs> not yet. Yet, that's uh, our next project. Oh man, I'm, I will not be your co-host for that one. Too many lines. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, AJ Styles, even you know, well, obviously oh, he yeah. had a long career before that, but right, just eight or nine months in, he was WWF Championship, WWF Champion as well, WWE Champion. Been watching too much WWF. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we watch our letters, pardon our Fs. Yeah. I mean, before we even get into this match, which is Survivor Series 1991 uh, against... The Gravest Challenge. The Gravest Challenge. This is the gravest podcast, I guess, right here. This one is. Have you seen any, like, major changes or development? We've only got to watch one other match. He's not on SummerSlam 1991. Doesn't wrestle on that card. Uh, so we haven't seen much of them, but... Uh, I, just watching this match and the other two matches, have you seen him grow? Have you seen him change as a performer? What's different in the past year that we've seen? Um, well, literally something different is he has a tattoo on his arm now. Uh, his right arm. And they actually point that out during the match. Yeah, they make and a big note of that. Of, drum roll please, the Grim Reaper on the right arm. So <laughs> and I, I actually went back and watched the other matches and even watched some like Monday Night Raw matches to see. Or not Monday Night Raw. It was no Raw. Watched some... Um, what are, they, what are the shows called? Superstars. Super, yeah. Watch some of those to see when he got it. I'm not sure when he got it, but it was at least since the last pay-per-view we watched. So, anyway, that literally is something different about him. But um, I feel like as much as he was in character a year ago, you know, episode one of this, Survivor Series 90, he's even more in it now. He just, he's living it up. He's, he's just, he is the Undertaker. He has his eye rolls. He has his down on one knee, put your hand up, you know, mm-hmm. the power of the urn. Paul Bear is even more all in than he was uh, when we talked about it on episode two. You know, he's just, it's all just come along. It's so great. He's still in character. He's always in character in the ring. 
he just seems to be really living it up and doing a great job doing it. So, can we talk about the eye rolls for a second? I mean, I, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I tried it all the time. I can't do it. Oh yeah, as a kid, I was always trying it. I asked my mom how he did it, and it's just yeah, like me too. I still don't know. I can't do it. I, so I, I have no idea how to do it. It hurts my head when I try. So yeah, I don't know how he does it all the time. I mean, that just showed, we've talked a little bit about just, like, just kind of the luck that came in with this guy getting this character, and, like, I mean, I, I don't know what the percentage of people that can do that eye roll right. are, but just that this guy that has that unique talent uh, would also be playing this character and be able to use that as part of his dynamic, and just another thing that just adds to the mystique, the presence, the, the aura of The Undertaker, really, really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, what are the odds of him having uh, having that you know gene or whatever it is that he can actually do that? So yeah, it's crazy. Well, uh, before the match starts, uh, we do get uh, and it is Survivor Series '91. Find it on the WWE Network and all that good stuff. Um, you get a little from bit. The, of, from, excuse me, from the Jungle Lewis Arena, which I think WWE just closed down. Uh, oh yeah. They were the last show in it, just like last week or two weeks ago or something. So. That was just kind of timely, you know. A lot of things are lining up for us timely-wise. Yeah, neat, so. pretty historic. Uh, yeah, Joe Louis Arena. So, uh, not a particularly great Survivor Series, I don't think, compared uh, to the to the year before. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I didn't write down all the matches, but I watched a little bit of the pay-per-view, and just not the same star power, not the same uh, stacked card as the year before. And this was actually the first time the WWF Championship ever defended at the Survivor Series, first right. singles match they'd ever had. A commentary pointed that out several times. We made a big deal about it, how it's a, you know, it was a big deal for this match to be on the card, so that's kind of neat, too. Which I think, again, goes to show Vincent Mann's faith in The Undertaker and how he, you know, it's never been done before. He's going to put a, you know, a, a World Heavyweight Championship spot on the card for him. Yeah. And again, we talked, you, you led up with about him winning his title just a year he doesn't win it off some chump, you know. It's Hulk Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan. It's, yeah, I mean, Mr. You know, Mr. WWF, you know. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has been running wild for how many years now at this point? Seven? Because he won the title in 84, right? Yeah, but, yeah. Right. So, yeah. And then, But WrestleMania was 85, so, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been six or seven years, you know. He's been the man, so kind of cool. Very cool. Uh, and, and they show a little bit of the backstory beforehand. Um, I don't... I, I can't really... I, I wasn't quite following uh, wrestling religiously back then, so I don't know exactly how Undertaker got the title match. I couldn't really... like. I think they just... You know, we had pay-per-view, and they just said he's the number one contender. I don't think there was a big thing that made him uh, the number one contender. Did you find... I didn't find anything. I couldn't... Yeah, I was going back and watching some stuff. I could never find, like, a you know... A, a number one contender match or, you know, a contract signing or any big thing, but it just, he, he's a pawn in the Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan storyline, basically. Right. Ric Flair had just come in and I think it was September. Yeah. He just left the NWA and come to WWF, which was a huge, huge deal. Oh, um, my think, Yeah. Yeah. Which is supposed to be the main event of WrestleMania 8, right? I mean, that was... Yeah, it was original small. plans and then the story is that... It just didn't sell out, or it didn't do good business at the house shows that they tried it at, and they, and they didn't have great matches. Which is, the matches are not great. If you, they, they actually, I think they might have one or two of those on the network too. The house show matches between Hogan oh, yeah. and Flair at that time, but you definitely find them on YouTube or if yeah. nothing else. Uh, and they're not, 
anything spectacular, so that part doesn't surprise me. But it is, it is crazy that they they didn't have a pay per view one on one match yeah. during that time. But yeah. I guess just looking at this, like it, it just made me think of the uh, booking gymnastics, if you will, that went into this, because the goal is to get to Flair as the champion. That that's right. what they're trying to get to. Okay. And you have Hogan as the current champion. Well, Hogan obviously doesn't want to lose to Flair because he doesn't at any point. So you got to get the title off Hogan somehow. So he's going to lose to Undertaker, but he's not really going to lose to Undertaker because right. there's got to be some sort of screw job. So he loses the title, but it's disputed. Uh, he gets his rematch five days later, and then he gets his win back without actually winning the title because the title is going to be stripped off of him because it's another screwy finish so that then the title can be upheld and put in a Royal Rumble so Flair can lose. So all this has to go into play yeah. because Hogan doesn't want to lose to Ric Flair. Exactly. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Creative control, brother. So, <laughs> But yeah, again, uh, I said that Undertaker's a pawn in that story. I don't mean to diminish his title win. I don't... But it's, it's huge. Again... They had to pick somebody to get a title off of Hogan, you know? And right. Like said, so Vince saw Undertaker as the man, which is awesome. And um, It's still it's a transitional championship, but it's a huge yeah. deal. It still oh, meant yeah. a lot. It still means a lot now, but it really, really meant a lot back oh, then. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. sure. Absolutely. And he only held it for six days. We'll get into that on the next podcast. But anyway. Um, I mean, like, yeah. a guy like Iron Sheik held the title for like a, a handful of days, and he made a Hall of Fame career off of just being exactly. a transitional champ from Bob Backlund to Hulk Hogan just for a few days or a few weeks or something. So it was even if, if, if this was going to be The Undertaker's only title win, which it wasn't, but even if it was, he could have made a whole career off of just – having the title for five days, you know. Oh, sure, yeah. Something big like that. Sure, good. So, um, you were saying we were starting out with this pay-per-view, or this match with, uh, uh, it's from Superstars two weeks before, right? I think so. What was that, what was that show called, uh, the little interview segment called? The, uh, the Funeral Parlor. Funeral Parlor, that's right, yeah. Paul Bear, yeah. Yeah. So, The Miz uh, TV of its day. <laughs> the precursor <laughs> to Miz TV. Sure. Uh, it was much better because they had oh, yeah. an elaborate set and everything. They put a lot of money into that, man. Yeah. That's another thing. We're talking about, you know, Vince clearly sees money in this guy. He's yeah. putting money in the funeral parlor. You know, he has the coffins there, the, the uh, flowers, I think, and candles and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. But basically, it's just a Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair interview. And from out behind Hulk Hogan comes the Undertaker out of a coffin, and he uh, hits him with the urn. And then uh, who was it rushes over? I believe it's Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. And Savage. and Savage, and they do it, and they. This is also the precursor to the concerto that Edge and Christian would then apparently steal from Roddy Piper and Randy Savage. They hit, they hit Taker with a concerto. Did you notice that? I didn't pick up on that, but that's true. Yeah, yeah now that I think about it. that's what he did. No cell, it was great. No cells. It rips the crucifix off of Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah. Oh man, and then leaves it on his chest. That man stole they that get away from with uh, that in 2017. From... Oh, no, you wouldn't see that. Kind of stole it from Andre and Hogan. Andre did yep. that back when they were yep. doing but I, But I loved it, man. That's just so great and so devastating and so so simple and symbolic, but but really, really cool. That's all you needed to do to sell it. Yeah, that's it. so basic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to say, they were doing the gimmick where uh, 
Flair had the, de the old world title, but they didn't want to show it on TV, so they had it censored. But they had it censored so much, it just looked like Flair was naked when he opened his robe up. It covered up, the censored part covered up his tights. So it looks <laughs> like Flair's flashing people, that's his new gimmick. That's it's totally in character for him. Oh yeah, yeah it wouldn't be. <laughs> made sense. Thoughts and prayers with Ric Flair, actually, yeah. by the way. He's doing well, better now, but yeah. Back then, he seemed like he was just the slasher guy. You're right, because it's so pixelated. I guess the pixels weren't as easy to... You had to choose a large section of the TV to pixelate <laughs> back then, I guess, in 91. So. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I noticed yeah. that, too. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all you needed to sell this match. A few yeah. promos and, and put that out there, and you've got a main event right here. Uh, it comes on in the middle of the card, so I guess if you were a smart fan back then you probably had an, a notion that something was up here for the championship to right. in the middle of the card uh, Hulk, Hogan and Undertaker don't do any promos or anything Hogan's not looking real excited to be there so uh, <laughs> you kind of you kind of get the idea if you're reading into it that maybe uh, he wasn't too happy about losing here but um, Undertaker also First time he's in the uh, wet hair club, as my wife Kate likes to call it here. <laughs> His yeah. uh, hair is soaking wet as he that. comes out. Yeah, yeah. What like that? Like female. Notice that, yeah. Oh yeah, she loves wet to, hair club. She loves to uh, talk about that with Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. So. Well, Roman Reigns has phenomenal hair when he comes out. That's <laughs> great. I don't think his hair can dry. No. Anyway, it's not about him. I've never seen but. it dry. But he likes to make everything about the Undertaker, so. That is true. It's his yard. Well, yeah. the yard started here, right? And at SummerSlam, or not SummerSlam, Survivor Series 1991. <laughs> um, but I will say, as, me, as, as that um, that video from two weeks ago goes off, it, sh it immediately starts with Undertaker's intro, and there's a little kid in the audience, and he is like, his eyes are bulging. Yeah. He is like, he looks a little bit scared. And I mean, the last image he sees is this guy ripping a crucifix off of, of the immortal Hulk Hogan, you know, so... And uh, so, yeah, it goes right into that. And uh, Undertaker just walks to the ring like he always is. Great. And Paul Bear is totally in character. Woo! Like all his noises. And, um, did you notice when, when Hogan comes out and the crowd is electric for him? Oh, yeah. What's the first thing he does? He shoves the casket over. Shoves the casket over. Like a heel. And uh, I mentioned before we start recording. Hulk Hogan seems like a heel in this match and the next match mm -hmm. uh, that we're going to talk about. But again, it's all to get to the getting the title off to of him, and, and it's all it's all a play into that storyline going into Royal Rumble '92. So, right. um, taking out of context, you watch this match and you're like, "Why was he so popular? He's doing all kinds of uh, dastardly yeah. things." But I mean, he, he he did that a lot too. He just always got away with it just because he's because sure. he's Hogan. But yeah, right. definitely, and, and I think you, that's why the fans kind of turn on him a little bit too, because yep. he's almost kind of like a crybaby uh, a little bit, and, yeah. and, and a cheater, and a heel too in a lot of ways. <laughs> that's, uh, why he, that's why Hollywood Hogan made such a great heel. Exactly. He didn't have to change much. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so we're at the match now, and like I said, we're, we're, we're not really going to go like play by play through the match, but, you know, what jumped out to you during the match, uh, oh. specifically? Almost immediately from the get-go, Taker gets Hogan, you know, gets the punches, and I can't remember what he does to him, but it shows, the camera shows um, Paul Bear on the outside, and he is just rubbing his nose on the urn, hey, and they just zoom in, and it is awesome, they just, he's rubbing his nose on the urn, and I, I love it, he's so into it, 
that's what makes this these characters great. It's what makes Undertaker so awesome. Yeah, they're just really into it. And uh, I did write down. I, I man, know that Hulk Hogan takes uh, a powder, which is what they you know that's an insider term for you know rolling under the ropes to the outside. And uh, again, which is normally a heel move when you're getting beat up, you roll out the ring, and you, you stay out there. Again, that's just another heel type tactic I, I saw, but. He's definitely of, selling it like like Undertaker's a big monster and yeah. uh, definitely the, his normal Hogan moves and, and things are not working on yep. the Undertaker. Uh, Undertaker does like like we talked about the monster choke in the corner with his eyes rolled back like he's mm-hmm. like 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 he's a monster. Uh, he does um, <laughs> a lot of choking, a whole lot. Of yeah, it's not quite a claw he's like smothering his mouth uh old or something yeah yeah that, that's a neat little move there you don't see that anymore he puts um, his hand across Hogan's mouth I don't know if he pinched his nose too I guess he would die because he can't <laughs> breathe but um that would have been going off script but yeah he it, it's really it's a lot of uh choking and nerve hold and it, this match wouldn't fly in 2017 he'd get boring chance or beach ball thrown around or the wave or whatever like back then when Hogan's down on the ground and Taker's choking him, doing the, you know, and looking at the urn, he's, he's got one hand on Hogan's throat and one hand toward the urn, and, or one knee up and toward the urn and getting the power from the urn. Um, the crowd is just cheering for Hogan the whole time. It's awesome. It's yeah. really cool to see that, you know, they're in there for him. I had that written down, too, that literally the exact same thing about beach balls uh, in the crowd <laughs> probably during this match. But... Yeah. And it definitely, if you're a newer fan, if you're just a fan of the past five or ten years, you go back and watch a match like this and you're like, what is the big deal? Like, like right. why would you even watch anything like this? And it, it is not, by any means, a great match. Like, we're, we're not trying to come out here and, and make you believe it's a five-star match. I mean... Now, if it was a Tokyo Dome, it could have been. <laughs> maybe. Maybe another <laughs> star or two. It's not. You know, it's, it's a lot of chokes and a lot of... Just playing to the crowd and a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but again, it goes into the ba- debate of what wrestling is. You know, is it this big athletic competition, or or is it entertainment? And and right. these two guys are just doing real basic stuff. You know, they're they are um, they're not sacrificing their bodies too much. They are. Oh. They're putting on a show. They're playing to the crowd, and it works because of the characters that they built up and the personalities and the, and their presence and their personas uh, and the way that they play these characters and, and the way that Paul Bearer is egging people on the outside and the way that Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan are, are selling it uh, on commentary. Uh, it, it hypes the crowd into it, and the way that you know Hogan sells that he's being destroyed, and Hogan's a guy that he, they he love. really puts Taker over here, like he's huge, selling. yeah, yes. big time. And you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned commentary because I got a couple things I wrote down about that. Is well, one point, um, he's being he's choking Undertaker's choking uh, Hogan, and he's got his eyes rolled back, and uh, uh, Heenan says, "Look at that monsoon! He has no eyeballs." Monsoon's <laughs> 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 like. Yeah, I've never seen. I've never seen him perspire. So um, yeah, they said just, that again too. <laughs> yeah, they said it again. But then um, also, it cannot be understated how amazing Bobby Heenan was as a heel commentator because literally every time that Hogan is being choked or that Paul Bear is interfering and drawing the referee's attention, Heenan says, "Oh, my, my monitor just went out. My monitor's going out." <laughs> 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 You're just like, 
he's just like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, my monitor went out. You didn't see him cheating, and he just, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just, Bobby is so good. It's a lost art. Really yeah, and he, but he makes that, you know, he makes the match better because he makes you, he gets the extra heat on Taker, you know, even if you like him and you enjoy his power moves and, and the fact he never takes a bump and stuff and how um, mesmerizing he is, you, you're like, wow, he's right, like, he's cheating a lot, you know, so it's really cool to see that. My favorite commentary moment, uh, Paul Bearer chokes Hulk Hogan at one point and like Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan are talking and all of a sudden Gorilla Monsoon just goes, you piece of garbage. Just that Paul Bearer. No objectivity at all. Just oh. hates this guy. <laughs> um, but, so, I'm sure this was in Hulk Hogan's contract for the match or something because he gets, uh, he gets Tombstone and what does he do? He hops right up. Pops so, up. He, now, that's not just diminished how much he, he is putting Taker over here. Um, but this is part of the Hulk Hogan, you know, shtick. He gets a tombstone, which is put down everybody at this point, and he yeah. gets right up in the Can't crowd. Can't believe that, man. Blows up. Yeah. The crowd blows up. It is so cool, again, to see that. Um, but that's probably the only time the that's ever happened. For, I mean, we may see it again in something else, but I can't imagine any other time where someone would just no-sell the tombstone. Right, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah, it, Especially later on in his career, he'd probably taken the wrestler's court for that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but again, uh, as we mentioned the last few matches, he can't... Undertaker never really goes down. He gets down to one knee at one point. And then this is the point in the match. After um, uh, Hulk no-sells the tombstone, he's doing his Hulk up, his comeback. He's trying to do his, his big boot and stuff. And this is when Ric Flair walks out. Very slow. I don't know if he's supposed to be yep. there. So I think at this point, Hogan does have him... Take her down on the mat for one second. I think he finally gets him down. I can't remember if he's on his back all the does way. Does he slam him in this mm-hmm. one? Does he slam him in this match or just in the next match? Uh, that should be the next match. Okay. Um, okay. So. I know he tried to slam him, but I couldn't remember if yeah. he did. Yeah. So this is when Ric Flair walks out, and then um, Hulk Hogan probably could have won the match here, done the big boot and the leg drop, but he just rolls out. And again, Ric Flair is not on the apron. He's not interfering at all. Hulk Hogan, the babyface, runs out and just beats him up completely <laughs> unprovoked. And, and uh, even Bobby Keenan's like, he just did that, he's unprovoked. And he, he calls him out on it. You know, again, it's another heel tactic by Hulk Hogan here. But again, the crowd loves it because Ric Flair was the, the ultimate heel in this situation. So, um, yeah, it's, and then Paul Bayer causes the distraction and then uh, what's the, f- oh, Ric Flair grabs the chair. Grabs the chair. You know? And uh, how's this tombstone look? <laughs> well, we talked the other two episodes about uh, real sloppy tombstones and nearly killing Jimmy Snuka and Coco Beware and oh. slamming them on the heads. And I guess Hulk Hogan let him know that that wasn't going to fly in this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better look at six inches above the map, brother. Easily, easily six inches above. But uh, tombstones him on the chair, air quotations right air, there. Air quotes on the chair. <laughs> Storyline on the chair, right? And right. that's going to keep Hulk Hogan down. One, two, three. Huge you know. pop for the title change. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because back then, I mean, well, I guess on pay per views you'd have title changes, but still, at this point, Hulk Hogan had been champion for uh, a while. I can't remember. Uh, since WrestleMania. Because he, he okay. beat Sergeant Slaughter at WrestleMania. That's right, that's right. Uh, so. But like you said, I mean, Undertaker is. A rookie still. I mean, it's just yeah. one year in. People were, I'm sure, were not expecting a title change at all uh, at no this way. moment. 
so yeah, yeah, huge pop for that. For a title change, and because, like, we're going to see the crowd is definitely getting behind Undertaker, too. Yeah. So. And uh, I will give Hulk Hogan a lot of credit here. He's, he, he does sell the tombstone on the chair. Even though he missed oh, by, yeah. uh, Country Mile, he stays on the ground. He stays selling it real, really well. He takes forever to yes. get up. I mean, he has to be helped out even by the reps and stuff. So that was really cool to see, too. He didn't just... You know, pop up and fuss at the ref, and what happened? You know, one, two, three. Where, where was that? You know, so um, in my opinion, there's also a mixed reaction as he walks out. Yeah. Kind of gays and boos as Hogan starts to leave. So. And there were, from what I've seen and heard before, there were a lot of rumors then if Undertaker really did hurt Hogan uh, doing that, and because of how he sold it, and uh, because. Yeah, title reign was so short and all this other stuff. Right. But there's just, there's no way. <laughs> oh. His head doesn't come anywhere near the mat. There's no way any of that could possibly be true. So. Could have laid 10 chairs on top of each other and he wouldn't hit him. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's what I don't understand is Ric Flair's logic here. Because Ric Flair, he's claiming to be the real world's champion. So he has his belt, but he wants to win the WWF championship. Right. So he gets the he helps Undertaker win. Wouldn't Ric Flair? Wouldn't he be more afraid of the Undertaker than he would be of Hulk Hogan? I don't yeah, quite I think get so. That. Yeah, you think that would be the case, but I don't know. Yeah. Yes, I, I guess Hulk Hogan is the immortal one. Undertaker's. I don't know what he might have been immortal at this point. We don't know. So, <laughs> he wasn't quite the phenom, or you know, the uh, WrestleMania streak wasn't there yet. So um, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Storyline wise, you think, hmm, I don't want to fight this dead guy, but I don't know. Maybe he's going to pay him off or something. Maybe so. Yeah, well, Macho Man, I mean, Million Dollar Man situation. Million Dollar Man style, yeah. Absolutely. Well, well that wraps up that match, and it's a title win for Undertaker, but he, and he doesn't celebrate like he won his first title. Like, he doesn't Shawn Michaels' boyhood dream get down and cry, or he doesn't hug it. He doesn't clutch onto it, rub it up, rub his nose on it like Paul Bearer would have. Stays in character. Do, doesn't do it. He just carries it. Yeah. Out. Doesn't put it around his waist or any over his shoulder. He just carries it out nonchalantly, which yep. the Undertaker would do. Yep. That character would do that. You know, totally he doesn't. in character. Exactly, which is just testament to Mark, you know, Callaway and how he, he did that gimmick so well. Because um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure in that moment other people may have you know slipped out of the character and gone to you know their real feelings and let it come out like Sasha Banks it does every time she wins a title um burn you know the, huh I said burn oh I love Sasha but anyway um so yeah uh he just he carries it like the Undertaker would which is so cool to see I, I, I mean it was noteworthy to me I thought it was yeah no definitely um but. and there's like I said, it's the middle of the show, so the show goes on afterward. Uh, on, there, there is an Undertaker promo afterward, but we're going to get to that on the next episode. Uh, but Flair, Ric Flair has a promo afterward. I don't know if you saw that, where he uh, is ranting and raving, uh, and he looks like he's about to have a heart attack <laughs> during this promo. Man, he is screaming at the top of his lungs. His neck is all just like veins popping out of his neck. It's just a great Flair promo. Uh, afterwards, oh. just talking about how much he hates Hulk Hogan and all this stuff. Uh, that's worth watching, too. Yeah. Um, I think he's like 43 at this point, too. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Which okay. means Hogan's like, what? Hogan's like three years behind him, I think, maybe. So Hogan's right around 40, so it's weird to think about, you know? 
Which but player? like today's crop, AJ Styles is what forty. Forty. Cena's forty. Uh, yep. Cena, Orton, uh, yep. Kevin Owens is getting up there. Um, you know, a lot of guys. I guess. Yeah, that's just the way it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird to think that you know they're finally getting the, the you know that match that everyone dreamed about, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, and they're you know already after their forties, so it's yeah. kind of neat. But but I did not see that promo, but I should go back and watch it. Oh but, yeah, it's worth yeah. it's worth watching, finding. Uh, and uh, so the the idea of this is to build up to uh, the first ever and only ever pay-per-view called this Tuesday in Texas so the Survivor Series later. yeah back then was held Thanksgiving week uh, this was on either a Tuesday or Wednesday I guess I think it was on Wednesday I think it was on Wednesday yes yeah, Thanksgiving Eve Thanksgiving Eve point. Thanksgiving Eve so, uh, which is not a thing I'm sure Vince wanted to copyright that <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve pal yeah. TM so um, they build to they're gonna have for the first time ever another pay-per-view just a week later on a Tuesday night, uh, it's a huge experiment, and we can talk a little bit about that experiment because it's, it's actually, it was not a success then, but obviously pretty influential to what the business is like now. Uh, but they're gonna have another pay-per-view right afterward with the rematch between Hogan and Undertaker, and then the other big selling point was the reinstation of Macho Man Randy Savage against Jake the Snake Roberts, and trying to build a pay-per-view on those two things and. Uh, yes. it's, a, it's an interesting show, and we'll get to that next week uh, on the next episode. Um, this was also, I don't know if you realized, but this was this would be The Undertaker's only title reign for the next six years. He won this title and would not hold it again until 1997. So That is, that is weird. He held it for six days, and he didn't yeah. get it for another. Yeah. It's like Kane. Didn't yep. Kane get it for one day? Yeah, he held it for 24 hours. He didn't hours. get it until, what, 2010? He's in longer time. I think that's right. Yeah, he had the ECW title there for oh. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, didn't hold the world title. I thought it until... <laughs> And uh, Matt Hardy. Version 1. Yeah. Tommy Dreamer. Mm. <laughs> Chava Guerrero. No, yeah, that's where it came water from him, right? In like nine seconds. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania 24. Yeah. yeah. That's not about. There's no. There's no talking Kane. There's talking Taker. No talking Chavo. But Kane, Kane is going to be a huge part in the next. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to the Kane stuff. That's oh, some man. of the most fascinating stuff. I love it. Me but too. yeah, we'll, next episode we'll be talking about this Tuesday in Texas, December third, nineteen ninety one. Uh, I did want to mention this match was twelve minutes and forty five seconds, I believe. So longer than the last two that we've uh, talked about. <laughs> yeah, so. it's longest match yet. <laughs> yeah, longest pay-per-view match on Undertaker is twelve minutes, which again. Uh, we know that Undertaker has to have at least 20 minutes in the last, the last 10 minutes 10 years of his life he's had to have at least like 20 minute matches that's true fine with me. this so. match was probably shorter than some of his Wrestlemania entrances <laughs> yeah absolutely probably was oh uh, I can't wait to get to those too oh yeah those are- and, and still there's no uh, the lights don't go out yet nope he doesn't raise the lights and that. everything so I'm, I'm yeah just, as we continue this track and our listeners come with us it's going to be fun to, to go and see just when he you know morphs into the Undertaker that we know and love today so but gotta start somewhere and this is his first title reign it's it is a good match uh, just storyline wise it's not a five star classic but it's cool it, it it's historical because it's Ric Flair it's Hulk Hogan it's the Undertaker three Hall of Famers 
future Hall of Famers. You know, it's it tells a good story here. It does. Like we're saying, you know, it's not, you know, uh, it's not gonna blow your blow your socks off with athleticism or anything like that. But they keep you engaged. They keep you entertained. Uh, they tell a story uh, throughout it. Uh, it's not the best Hogan match, not the best Undertaker match, but it, it does the job uh, and um, it gets the story across and moves the story forward without them tearing their bodies apart. They're doing uh, doing more with less, and uh, that's something to be appreciated and something to be learned from, I think. So, yeah. coming from two Man. guys who have never wrestled before. Exactly. <laughs> hey, we we back there and wrestled a little bit. Oh, yeah. No. Um, we will not touch on those matches. Oh, but also a little foreshadowing, right? right? And what, 11 years later, Ric Flair will meet with The Undertaker at WrestleMania, won't he? He WrestleMania will. WrestleMania X8, I believe. So. And we'll get to yeah. another Undertaker-Hulk Hogan match uh, in a few years. Uh, same year, also, 2002. Yes, we Another will. championship wow. match. Yeah. That one is much different than this one. Oh, yes, so. it is. <laughs> yes. They have aged a little bit, so we'll get to that, too. But, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. If you want to follow along, uh, check out uh, This Tuesday in Texas, Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. That'll be our next episode next week. And you can follow us at Talking Taker on Twitter, at Talking Taker. And you can follow me at Alex Dorio, A-L-E-X-D-O-R-I-O-T, on Twitter as well. And uh, Travis is uh, the Twitter holdout so far, so uh, you can pass anything <laughs> along to him. Uh, if you got any insight, what are your memories of this match? Uh, what are your memories watching this pay-per-view? Uh, if you remember, if, if we're missing anything, if we missed something during the match, or if you remember how this match came to be, something that we missed, uh, you were watching back then, you remember how this match uh, actually got booked and signed and all that, let us know. We'd love to know about it, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, we'd love uh, all that. We appreciate everyone who's, who's followed along. So we gotta give a shout out to at Evans5902 on Twitter. Uh, our first uh, big fan right there, he shouted us out and was pat- said he'd passing on the podcast to his friends. So we definitely appreciate that and uh, we'll give you a shout out uh, if you pass this on to your friends and, and let us know that you're listening. Uh, we'll give you a shout out here on the podcast and we'll follow you back on Twitter as well. So once again, thank you for listening and um, like I said, give our thoughts and prayers to Ric Flair's family and also definitely to everyone uh, affected by everything that's going on in Houston. It's a real sad yes. tragedy to watch everything going on there and this is a really trivial thing in the light of all of that. Uh, so thoughts and prayers again to everybody out involved in all that. We're thinking about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys for everything. Keep, keep listening. Straight shoot, brother. Straight shoot. And to all everybody out there, we just want to say rest in peace. See you next time.